Uh, so good morning. Uh, my name is Christine De Leon. I'm a graduate student uh, from the Philippines. I'm studying art studies right now, and I'm also an art writer uh, covering the visual arts for our uh, broadsheet, The Philippine Star. So uh, my presentation today, it's an overview that will tackle some of uh, these things. So, so these are some of the questions that I had when I was making the presentation. So I wanted to ask myself also, uh, what kinds of shows get covered by the media in the Philippines? Uh, what are the limitations of these media platforms? Who is the reader and does the reader respond? And, or more generally, how hard is it to be an art writer working in the Philippines? So for those of you who have visited our country, uh, most, uh, most probably you visited Metro Manila. It's, uh, it's the capital of our country. Um, it's, a, it's a really crowded metropolis where all uh, the big art institutions are, like for example, uh, the Cultural Center of the Philippines, uh, the National Museums, a lot of commercial galleries, and also artist-run spaces. So beyond Manila, um, some of the provinces where art gets covered are uh, Baguio, which is in Luzon, uh, Cebu, which is in Visayas, and uh, also Bacolod, and also Davao and Cotabato in Mindanao. However, uh, when I was speaking to a writer from Mindanao, he said um, that the, the coverage for the, for the, in the media is mostly announcements instead of post events or instead of reviews. So instead of turning to the media, they turn to um, closed groups or uh, Facebook groups and community groups to know more about the events and the plays coming up and the literary spoken word uh, events also. So, okay. Theater and visual arts are very different in the Philippines. Uh, they're very, they have very different support systems and also they have very different audiences. Uh, in theater, the most popular forms of Philippine productions are, are straight plays and musicals. And compared to the visual arts, straight plays, especially student productions and independent productions, tend to engage more with social issues. Uh, on the other hand, there's another tendency that's coming up. Uh, with the visual art, we've experienced a boom and the art market in the last decade. And there are those who observe that the market is uh, increasingly becoming the agenda setter of the art world, for better or for worse. And this, this picture uh, is one of the questions that was raised in one of the gallery talks I went to last year. Uh, it's saying, can contemporary art be sustainable without the market support? So because the market uh, is booming, there are a lot more collectors and there are a lot more audiences. So the biggest event that the media is scrambling to cover every year is uh, the Art Fair Philippines, which happens once a year. It's always promoted to be the biggest art event of the year and they have um, uh, they have press conferences for that, they have press briefings, and um, it's, it's, it's a really social event, it's a very elaborate event. Uh, uh, the patrons go, the collectors go, and the media also turn at, tend to go and do videos, all kinds of these guides and uh, these uh, how, how, to, how to go about, how to, how to visit, what to view in the art fair. And auctions have also become a really big phenomenon. Uh, which has uh, it, it's also experienced a boom in recent year, years. There are a lot of issues about the auctions, and maybe um, I won't discuss any of it here, but maybe we can discuss it later. So for the whole year round, uh, we also have uh, museum retrospectives and gallery shows. These are uh, solo shows and uh, group shows, which happen. Uh, 
maybe for a month for in galleries and if it's a museum retrospective it happens uh, three three months or four months and these can appear in the papers as gallery news magazines also base profile features on which artist is is exhibiting when and then uh, there, there are also the more independent artist-run events and exhibitions. Like for example, uh, we have this, we have the Viva XCon, which is said to be the longest-running Biennale in the Philippines. It's in Visayas, so it's kind of le uh, less accessible, and they don't really have the funds to to fly the media to Visayas. So uh, it tends to have the least coverage also. And also, these artist-run events tend to run for maybe one day, and um, the, the audience it tries to engage are uh, within the artistic community itself. So um, it's being covered by the media, but not as much as the more uh, the bigger market-driven productions. So to go into the, the platforms, uh, different platforms and publications cater to different audiences and communities, and also different reading habits. So first, I'm going to tackle uh, the broadsheets. Uh, so there are three big broadsheets in our country. It's the Star, the Enquirer, and then the Manila Bulletin. Uh, they all have digital counterparts. Uh, the art section is included in the lifestyle uh, section. And the content ranges from features and interviews. There are also critiques and reviews coming from columnists. Some, uh, these are film criticism and also um, some art reviews and some theater reviews. Uh, it can also be a combination of both. Like for instance, what I'm trying to do with the space that I get in the paper is to come up with a, the article as a response. I'm trying to explore the idea of art writing as creative writing, containing elements of both the feature and the review. So who is the audience of the project? So because this is uh, the newspaper, there is the assumption that the reader is the larger public who is generally interested in lifestyle topics, and because of this, uh, the language is very accessible. Uh, another assumption here is that uh, newspapers are targeted to audiences who can afford to buy a newspaper. Uh, our newspapers are priced at 20 pesos, 25 pesos, which is uh, kind of equivalent to buying um, two bags of chips, maybe. So, uh, but however, there is also a larger concern. Out of these audiences, I wanted to ask, uh, who is the reader that is bring, being privileged, uh, and this is discernible through the topics that we select. Uh, we choose events that where more audiences tend to go, particularly where more collectors tend to go. So again, these are the art fairs and the auctions. So as we can see, there's uh, the reader that is being privileged when we, uh, when we select the topics. So another issue is um, the value of print and the digital shift. Uh, even though newspapers are affordable, in the digital age, broadsheets are also becoming the least accessible. Uh, when most of our publications are shifting to digital, uh, print needs to secure an audience. So with, uh, with uh, the broadsheet I contribute to, the Philippine Star, the article that comes out on the web and the one that comes out in print need to be released simultaneously. So what happens is that due to the lack of space in the printed page, uh, the events being prioritized are the ones with the sure audience. Uh, post events and reviews are still being released, but we give more priority to articles tackling events that the readers could still go to. Okay, so the next thing I'll be discussing is the magazine format. And in the Philippines, we only have uh, one magazine committed to covering the arts, which is uh, Art Plus. And uh, 
in terms of circulation, Art Plus magazines are sold in bookstores and also in some museums. And when I, uh, when I interviewed the, the editor of Art Plus, uh, he, uh, she said that the target readers are usually uh, are those from classes A and B. These are art aficionados, uh, design, interior design aficionados, and also um, architecture aficionados. So um, unlike with broadsheets, the target readers are those with great spending power, those who can afford to buy a really expensive magazine. I, I myself don't buy the magazine. I only get it for, for free when there are events. So uh, this also affects the, the content of the magazine because uh, even though critical features and profiles are uh, being included, uh, the main stories or the cover stories that, uh, uh, that are there are artists whose works can be collected, those with a large collect collector base. Uh, but they do try now, they do try to strike a balance, and they also feature more artist-run initiatives. Okay, after print, there are the digital web websites, which are mostly lifestyle websites. Uh, outside Manila, because I've been talking uh, too much about Metro Manila so far, uh, there is the publication Sunstar, which covers events outside Metro Manila. Uh, their website, sunstar.com.ph, pulls news and information from Sunstar newspapers in 12 major cities. Uh, the art news uh, is included in the feature section, but when I was reading through the articles, the focus is, tends to be more on community, like, uh, how, like who, who, is the, who is the personality who established this and that, and wh where can you go this weekend? Uh, it tends to be more on community rather than reviews on the art itself. And there are also uh, the websites which are Manila-based. So compared to print, uh, these websites are more concerned with an audience engagement. Uh, as Krikiso was saying earlier, um, how do we engage the 21st century audience? So that means articles need to be more timely and posted instantaneously. When I interviewed the editor of um, our lifestyle website, nollisolly.ph, she said that uh, they give more priority to articles um, that can come out within the span of the exhibition or within the span of the art event because uh, these, are th these tend to be guides for people uh, because it's, it tends to be also more clickable and more shareable. Uh, also, the articles tend to be a bit shorter because it's digital and then the headlines need to be catchy and clickable to drive traffic to the site. I have this friend who works for, uh, who writes for uh, a lifestyle website and she says that her, her headlines or her, her heads and her, her subheads are always being edited when it comes out because, uh, for example, she, she, she writes a head and then um, when it comes out, it comes out as what, uh, what shows to catch this weekend or, or last time to catch this in this show. So it's really targeted to the audience who, who wants to go somewhere for the weekend or for that. It's really very lifestyle. However, there are some exceptions. Uh, for example, uh, CNN Life is also is able to have long, in-depth features and profiles on artists and events. Uh, this is an article by my fellow delegate, Katrina. Uh, yes, so it's, it's also able to go into that more in-depth uh, interview features and um, to make the readers learn more about what they are seeing. And also, uh, the, other, the other article that I screencapped is ANCX, which also sometimes do post-event commentaries on events. So aside from these lifestyle websites, we also have the more independent sites. 
Uh, what's really interesting is that uh, I, I found when I was reading um, um, some blogs by Baguio-based writers, uh, uh, it's really interesting that while commercial lifestyle newspapers and websites tend to celebrate uh, events and awards, these blogs are able to counter, uh, to, to offer some critiques and also counter narratives. Like for instance, there was one blog from a Baguio-based writer named Ivan Abayne, uh, when newspapers are celebrating the proclamation of new national artists, he posted about what does it mean to be a national artist in the time of a tyrant. Because our president is very, well, he's, a, he's really a personality to say the very least. <laughs> so this is uh, another article that he is, uh, so this is the, the blog site that I screened up. Uh, also, Ivan Abayne, uh, he's documenting, he's more regular compared to other bloggers. Uh, he's documenting um, events in Baguio, and it's really hard to document events in Baguio unless you are based uh, in, the, in Baguio. Baguio is a, is a, is a mountainside community, so it's really hard to get to. Get to. So, and then this is another blog by a young Baguio-based writer. So when, uh, when newspapers were celebrating the inclusion of Baguio in the United Nations list of creative cities, uh, this blogger was questioning what are the negative implications of the creative city. Okay, and next is uh, Gaslight Online, which is run by Katrina, uh, along with uh, another critic who is Patrick Flores. Uh, this site offers criticism on everything from film, theater, visual art, and politics. And um, it also tends to, it, it uh, reposts or it, it, um, it gathers or it pulls existing articles. So it becomes a portal. Uh, it also, it's also very open to, to contributors uh, who, who, want, who want to critique uh, the arts. And Gaslight also presents what I think is lacking today in the Philippine arts media landscape, which is the negative review or the negative critique. It's very straightforward and direct. Like for example, um, uh, this particular production, uh, I read in the media, a lot of the writers are really praising the production, but uh, even, even the headline here is very straightforward and direct on what is well, wrong with the play. Okay, so uh, apart from that, there is also Discurso, uh, Tagal, uh, it's Filipino for discourse. It's an artist-run writing platform. Uh, they also do, um, they also do, uh, it's a group of artists who write and they also um, organize exhibitions from time to time and they also cover some forums and they repost the forums on this site. So the main challenge I'm seeing uh, for these websites are, of course, sustainability and funding, how to, how to post more regularly. Uh, if they are to have contributors, how to pay these contributors, how to have the funds to be able to do that. And then there are, um, of course, the academic journals such as Philippine Humanities Review, Critica Cultura, Pananao, and in Cebu, in the Visayas, they also have Cine Cultura Journal and Lantawan. Uh, Cine Cultura is um, a student-based uh, platform that uh, offer, uh, offers film criticism and develops students who, who want to write uh, film criticism. It's produced by the academic community. 
So the main challenge I'm seeing here um, when it comes to journals is circulation uh, mostly. Because uh, while academics write critiques of exhibitions, a lot of times these are published also by foreign journals. Like there are people who write about exhibitions, but uh, do, these, uh, do these reviews actually reach the public? Do these reviews actually reach the audience that saw the exhibitions? And yeah, some of them write for foreign journals and the circulation is really a, a concern. They don't reach the larger public who actually saw it. And um, when I was uh, going through the art articles on art criticism in the Philippines, there was this one interesting quote that I found online. It's by Georgia Soria de Vera, who, uh, who runs Discourse, which I mentioned earlier. He said that, he argues that, uh, the supposed poverty that we feel in the Philippines uh, art criticism is not due to a low number of art reviews or comments out there, but to the lack of reactions toward them. So he was pointing uh, to the concern of platform readership and circulation. How do we engage the audience? How does the audience respond to us? And if they do respond at all? And um, my last points, because I only have five minutes, uh, what language do we use? So all of the publications I've mentioned here, except for Cine Cultura and Cebu are in English. Uh, it, it has to be noted that for most Filipinos, even for me, uh, English is our, our second language. So there is a lack of writing, art writing platforms that publish and develop arts writing in Philippine languages. And last night I was asked, uh, what does it mean to be, uh, what does it, uh, what's it like to write in English a play that is in Filipino? So it's really something for me to think about because um, where, where can I publish and where can I develop that kind of writing? And also when I went to a talk on art criticism, there was this, um, an art historian, or a, a, she's a teacher in, in, in the university, and she said that the difficulty that her students are facing is really writing in English, because uh, they can offer criticism, they can offer their thoughts, critical thoughts on, uh, on an artwork, but uh, the, the difficulty or the challenge or the hurdle that they have to overcome is really writing in English. So, and when I also interviewed um, a Bacolod art, uh, an, a Bacolod-based artist, he said that the difficulty of um, of writing in Hiligaynon, which is a dialect of Bacolod, uh, is that they have to create new words or new ways of saying things for an art criticism or an art writing uh, in, in their dialect to be able to develop. So some support spaces for art, arts writing, there aren't a lot. Uh, some universities host workshops on art writing, um, they, uh, they get speakers from abroad and also they have some, some professors talk about art writing. And there's also the, um, the annual Prieta-Calorilesma Prize for Art Criticism, which was uh, launched, I think, in, 20, in 2014, which encourages more art writers and provides them spaces and platforms for art writing. So uh, they partner with uh, two platforms, which is the Philippine Star and Art Asia Pacific. And at present, we are also developing a website called Vital Points. Currently, it archives the shortlisted and winning works of the writers, but it will soon be a space uh, to support art writing by publishing new essays uh, on art and art reviews. Okay, so that concludes my presentation.